All right, everyone. Hope you brought your geek because it's time to get it on. Aloha, triathletes. Welcome to another edition of Get Your Geek On, the podcast designed to get you all geeked up about the sport of triathlon, whether you're an Ironman veteran or just thinking about your first sprint race. That's right. So if you're willing to sacrifice for something that's greater than you, you've come to the right place. I am the Iron Kahuna, podcasting from Tri-Geek Dreams Labs in the sweltering OC, Orange County, California. And this is Iron Will, coming to you from just outside the Windy City, from the Through the Wall World Headquarters. Iron Will, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? You're recovering, aren't you? I'm recovering. I could be in bigger pain, because as we record this, uh, our brother, Commodore Mann, is out on the course at Ironman Arizona. The um, Very frustrating to me that Ironman Live cannot give us live updates a lot of the times on the races. It's it's like the one time you want their technology to work, but uh, every time I've tried today to try to get to see where Commodore's doing, um, I get a uh, fatal error in the, uh, I don't know, data transfer uh-huh. process or something. But you, 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 you tracked him a little yeah. bit. He got out of the water in a, in a pretty good time for him since he can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> not everybody can be a mermaid like you. Um, but no, he had a respectable time. It was, uh, I think it was like one thirty-six or something. I tried to check in later, and uh, I had the same error message. So I don't know, maybe it's working again now. But okay. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's kicking butt out there. Well, I am in a little bit of pain. I just got my, uh, I got my Morton's neuroma on both feet, which is a basically a, it's actually a tumor, but it's basically scar tissue of the um, nerves from repetitive use um, that caused my feet to be numb and in searing pain. The uh, I got those both taken out on Friday. We're recording this on Sunday, so I got my feet propped up. I'm high as a kite on Vicodin. I'm feeling amazingly well, and uh, it's going to take me about six weeks to get back in uh, training. I'll go right into Ironman training, um, Ironman Arizona, the fall edition um, from here, so I'm, I'm excited about it. It'll be good. To Very get, good. It'll be good to get healthy. Tell me about your... Uh, your season how are you doing oh man i'm i'm so back it's not even funny it's i'm on a mission now the no uh compromising uh stuff in the morning gotta get on the bus you know and and get your workouts in or or they just don't happen and and what made you change your what made you change your mind or flip that switch um i went on when i finally started getting back to you know regular working out as if i did like the first my first long ride outside. It was uh, two and a half hours. And I saw my average power uh, was like 99, which is pitifully sad for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I, I can't possibly have this. So Now for those of us who don't have the fancy power meters uh, and um, all the other trinkets uh, that you have, what, <laughs> 99 compared to what did you do when you were um, doing, doing your Ironman? What was your... Uh, power output. I actually don't know from Ironman because my the battery in my power tap died and I so I have actually no record of what my ride was but let's see I did I think I averaged one my best ride last year in a race that I have record of was uh, I averaged I think um, 135 for mm-hmm. half Ironman or seen and uh, and I felt pretty good about that ride I felt you know comfortable and I wasn't blown by the end or anything like that but this ride you know was was about an hour shy, uh, a little less than an hour shy of that time. Um, and just the wattage was so pathetically that much lower. <laughs> and I know, you know, it's the first ride outside and, and it's, of course it's going to kick your butt and everything, right, but right. I don't know. I just saw that and I was like, Oh, I'm so like you, you know, when you gained your weight, you're like, I just knocked off the eating and this, I'm just, I just knocked off the, 
the negotiating stuff in the morning. And good. I wanted to uh, um, say something to you. Is that and that is in your posts. Now it's going to be about two weeks by the time this airs. But you, you revealed some pretty. Um, uh, oh. dark secrets about your, your past, uh, a vicious attack that happened to you. And I think for a lot of people, um, one, it was an, just incredible reading if you want to go back and read. What were, what were the um, headlines for that those posts? I forget. Were they, oh, it was just, I think the first one was a, what, prologue or something or, or um, preface? Yeah, preface. And then it was part one, two, three, and epilogue. Okay. I so think just is what you're talking go about. Go back there. I, I, it's just an amazing page-turning tale that's just will have you on the edge of your seat but and plus because you know uh-huh. iron will it's even even more so but for me it was sort of this i think everybody has a secret behind why they do um iron man and why they do triathlon and for me that that uh, kind of put everything in perspective about you and your you know and your um obsession in a good way to do the iron man and to do everything else so i, I just wanted to say that it was, it was excellent piece it added a lot of depth to someone who I thought I knew already pretty well, but, you know, I, I know a lot better now. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. It was kind of, um, I struggled with if I was going to write it and put it out there or not, but, you know, for the longest time, it's just sort of been that thing in the closet that just kind of, you know, you never really want to think about again. And But the thing is about, and, and I don't know, maybe any trauma, maybe any anything that's hard in people's lives. If you don't find a way to run it, it finds a way to run you. And uh, I realized that throughout a lot of my life since it happened, it's just kind of been always there and always, uh, I don't know, causing a lot of trouble in a lot of different other areas. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I spent the last three years kind of putting out all the little fires that it had created. You know, you get the whole self-doubt thing going and the whole you don't want to be a burden on anybody and so therefore you know you can't accept help and you got to do everything on your own and just so many different twists and turns come from um when something bad happens right. and i never really thought about any of that stuff i always just thought like okay this is something i could deal with and whatever and i wound up getting myself distracted by all these other kinds of epic uh sort of accomplishments and uh, that took all of my energy and then I just didn't have anything left to worry about it and it wasn't until I finished Iron Man last year finally you know crossed the finish line got through all the rest of the drama with like I said all those other little fires that I realized like crap you know I'm out of stuff now I don't have any more distractions um, Mm -hmm. and it's I guess time to deal with it so Mm -hmm. and I, I just I hadn't talked about it you know for the longest time and by putting it up there uh, that was the first time I've ever, you know, gone into the play-by-play, so to speak, mm-hmm. of um, of everything that happened. You know, there are a few select people who know the gist of things, but yeah, it's kind of the first time I ever talked about it since it happened in any kind of detail to anybody. So, wow, it was amazing. And just for uh, for those who, so we don't talk totally around it, you know, you were um, basically um, assaulted and kidnapped at knife point on a on a night in. Uh, you know, one one night when you're 18 years old, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's incredible. At any rate, um, on to uh, better stuff. We do have a a first <laughs> first guest, and why don't you give the intro, Ironwell? 
you know, I'm I'm fascinated with endurance athletes in general, and I know that you know triathletes and, and marathoners are not the only ones out there. There are there's a whole another breed of uh, of people, you know, ultra runners. And I know we have uh, several ultra runners who listen into the show, and you know, a lot of bloggers out there who are ultra distance athletes. And this one in particular is Tim England, and he is just you know one of the very elite. He set some records out there. I don't know how anybody continues to make their body go for you know 50 miles 100 miles and so I was just fascinated to try to figure out sort of what makes him tick and keeps him going so got a cool little interview here all right let's listen all right well I'm here with Tim England super ultra runner Tim how are you today Oh, I'm fine. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Um, we really appreciate your time. I guess I want to start out by asking you, uh, you have so many different amazing races under your belt. Um, what's your What's your favorite one, the one you're maybe the most proud of? I think the one I'm probably most proud of is uh, my finish last summer up at the Plain 100. I uh, managed to win it and set a course record by about an hour and, I think, 40 minutes, right, right around there anyways. Plain 100's up in uh, northern Washington, and it's really literally in the middle of nowhere. It's, there is nothing between Plain Washington and, and Canada, and it goes up about, I don't know, 150 miles. Oh. And it's a, it's a 100-mile race that uh, the course isn't marked at all. Beforehand, you can get a map online. And uh, there's a 55-mile loop that you go through with lots of turns. And uh, then you come back to... Well, sort of a, an aid station type deal, but it's not really an aid station because you have to bring your own food. And then you head off and you do about another 45-mile loop. I can only say about because no one's actually measured the course. They, they say it's somewhere between 100 and 110 oh in there-ish. It was a fabulous day for me. Everything went well. My training was perfect for it. I uh, spent a lot of time on the course checking it out beforehand. I could drive there from here and... Uh, you know, it was just a perfect, perfect day. I stayed happy pretty much throughout the entire race. And now that, how long would it take you to to run 100 miles? Well, it, it totally depends on the course. Um, my PR is actually my first 100-mile race I did uh, somewhere in Kansas, a little over 20 hours. And my longest was uh, 28 hours, 28 and change, at uh, Wasatch a couple years ago. It's the last race of the Grand Slam. Oh my gosh! Um, what I, I, I gotta ask? What kind of goes through your mind out there for that long? I mean, I've done Ironman. A lot of people have done that, and that's you know anywhere from a ten to seventeen hour day for most people. And you know, I I have myself run into these things I call Prozac patches, where you go through you know just pockets of low downtime and everything just feels horrible and. Um, but then, you know, you come out of it. Do you just have series of those since you're out there for that long? Or is it, uh, you know, do you have to, have to have a completely different game plan mindset going in? Well, you know, it's actually, it, it's a little bit hard to say because a lot of people have asked me, so what do you think about when you're out there? And, and the truth <laughs> is when I come back, it's like, uh, I don't really know what I was thinking about. I, I guess I was thinking about eating and drinking <laughs> and thinking about the next hill I had to climb. And it, one of the things I, I just love about ultras is that they usually happen in just beautiful places. So a lot of the times I'm looking around going, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh, oh look at that. That's beautiful. <laughs> wow. I wonder what it looks like up there. I wonder what it, you know. And uh, so, I mean, that's certainly on your mind. And, 
you definitely get the dumb song stuck in your head. I'll tell you, you have a dumb song stuck in your head for 26 hours. That's no fun. But uh, but you, it, it, it definitely is cyclical. Uh, you're feeling good, you know. But then you know that before long you're going to be feeling bad. But then you know before long you'll be feeling good again, and then you're feeling bad, and 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 whatever. Uh, you know, there's periods when you're just nauseous and you think you're going to throw up. Um, but then a little bit later, you're just cruising on a downhill, happy as a clam. So, okay. Uh, you just let it happen. That's the most important thing in the mindset, I think, is just let it be and be part of it and be in it. And when I say it, I mean everything, how you're feeling, but nature all around you. Just experience the moment. Oh, I think that's why I can't actually remember what I'm thinking about is because I'm just there. And that's the best part of my life is when I'm just totally there on the trail. Oh, now, see, that sounds like something that a lot of people that I know uh, aspire to because, you know, triathletes and a lot of runners seem to always get caught up in, in tomorrow and, you know, before the race that they're doing next week ever gets here, it's, you know, what race am I going to do after that and what's my schedule for next year? And, um, so, so that's definitely a challenge is to, is to be in the now and to try to experience that. Does that translate to your life? Um, do, you, do you find yourself able to live in the now that way? Well, I try. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's hard when you work a regular job. And, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a math professor, and so I have people coming at me all the time. And, and I have mm-hmm. to think about what I'm doing tomorrow and my lesson plans, right. research, and all that stuff going on all the time. But So, no, I don't think it really does translate to my life that well. But I think that's one of the reasons I keep coming back to trail running is that's the place where I can be in the moment. Yeah, so it kind of keeps you in, in check that way. I do have to ask this. With all these races that you've run, uh, have you ever been just scared or what, what was the what was the most unbelievable, unexpected uh, thing that's ever happened to you? Well, I'll tell you what. I've been petrified pre-race. In the days before my first several 100s, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I, I'm oh. absolutely petrified. <laughs> um, like a bear ever come out of the woods at you or anything like that? Or? Well, during during a race, no. But in training, uh, just last spring, I ran into three cougars oh. with my dogs. Um, luckily, I had my dogs along with, and uh, they chased the cougars off. But uh, uh, that's oh. probably the worst part. There was a bit in the plane race last summer that I mentioned earlier where uh, a motorcycle had gone by. Mm-hmm. And uh, left tracks in the in the trail. It's just dust up there. And maybe five minutes later, I could see bear prints on top of the motorcycle prints on the trail. So I knew oh. the bear had just been there. But you know, it was gone. I started singing, and that will scare away anything. <laughs> singing in general, or, or you think it's just your singing? Just my singing. Oh. <laughs> If they would have seen me dance, it would have been done deal. They would have been in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what what kind of things do you eat when you're out there? Is it just the typical? I mean, do you 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 have to get sick of gels and stuff after 20 hours? Oh, I do absolutely. I I like to eat I like to eat solid food. Okay. So uh, sandwiches. When I come into an aid station, anytime I can get a sandwich is great. Um, soup, if I can get that at an aid station. Bars. Yeah, I eat a lot of bars. Uh, 
crowbars have like 350 calories in them, and so that's a great thing to, to eat. And potatoes. I boil potatoes when I'm on my training runs. I boil up potatoes and put a ton of salt in there, and oh. that'll be my main fuel. No, see, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, too bad it, <laughs> with, uh, with triathlon, it'd be kind of funny, the potatoes sticking out of the pocket yeah. there. But, uh, you know, they, they mush up after a while, so you're just <laughs> squeezing them out of the bag like spaceman food. Oh, now do you just, you said you have aid stations and things like that there, but on the unsupported runs, do you sort of, what, carry a backpack with you? or? I do. I do. I carry a backpack, and I've got water. In fact, for, for all the 100-mile races I've done, I've, I've worn a, a hydration pack that has, uh, you know, a, a liter or so of water in there and then some gels and salt tabs or okay. whatever I think I might need. Now, what – I'm just – I'm having – it just, it's just incredible for me to try to wrap my mind around this. What what makes somebody decide, you know, you know what, I think I want to run 100 miles, <laughs> as, as opposed to, you know, standard marathon, or what gave you the idea to, to push it even farther and start doing ultras instead of, like, you know, like I said, the regular distance races? Well, you know, I, I pretty much went from not running to running ultras, because it, it, it's an odd story, but... Uh, I was, I was back in Michigan. I was looking for a job. I just graduated from school. And, uh, well, I knew people out here in the Northwest liked to work out. And I knew that this was a pretty outdoorsy area. So I lied on my resume. I said, <laughs> I said oh, yeah, I run, and I enjoy all of these things. So I got the job out here. And then uh, they said, well, we got to hook you up with this guy here in town who does all of these incredible races. And uh, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like the first quarter I was here, I was out at night running, trying to get in shape so that I could do an eight, five miles at eight minutes a mile. Oh. And uh, and uh, got in shape, and I started running with this group of people. And they all did ultras, and they had all these fabulous stories about them. So I said, well, I'll try it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? And, well, that was it. Oh, wow. And so you just hooked then, and then you had yeah. your first, uh, what was your first distance ultra? Was it a 50 mile? Was it the 100 it was mile? a 50K. A 50? So 31 miles. Oh, and had you run the marathon before that? No. So your first experience with a plain old regular marathon was after you'd already run the 30 Yeah. Yeah, that marathon, the, the one marathon I've run was last fall. So, and you've been running since uh, 2002? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, that's about right, I think. Maybe, well, actually, I'd go back a little bit further, maybe 2,000. But I didn't, uh, what happens, because I stepped up my distance so fast, is I would run a race and then be injured for two months. <laughs> and then just get back enough so I could run another race and injure myself. And, and I think that's one of the biggest differences, that when you move up in distances, you really have to let your body get tough. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means, but... <laughs> But I guess I don't get as injured as much as I used to, so something's tougher than it used to be. Okay, well, that's perfect transition into the next question I have for you. Um, if there are people out there uh, listening who are flirting with the idea of bumping up their, their distance to, you know, from the standard marathon to an ultra, what advice would you, would you give them? I think the best advice I can come up with is just to emphasize the importance of the long run. You know, your body holds about enough glycogen to get you through about 20 miles or so, and that's where the wall usually is in a marathon. But you can, 
train your body to switch over to fat burning a little bit earlier and retain the glycogen or maybe replace it more quickly. And so what you need to do in training is go over 20 miles and, uh, or at least run on very depleted legs. So either doing one long run in the weekend that's maybe 30 miles or thereabouts or doing back-to-back 20-milers is a really good way to train your body just to, to burn the fuel. Otherwise, you're just like in a marathon. You hit that mark and you bonk. Right. It's horrible, and you'll never do it again. <laughs> so say somebody um, has only ever run uh, a marathon. Obviously, that's the first. Uh, well, well, maybe not, because that, that wasn't the first distance that you conquered. But in training, you know, would you start with two 15-milers back-to-back and then bump that up the next week to two 20-milers back-to-back and, you know, slowly build your distance that way? Yeah, I, I think the key there is to slowly build it up. I, I wouldn't advise anybody do what I did and just <laughs> jump right up into because I, I pretty much did the one day 35 mile run and uh, and it's just, I was having ITB issues and shin splints and uh, you know pick an injury I, I had a stress fracture that took me out for 11 months oh uh, so uh, definitely don't step it up too quickly okay if people want to learn more about these ultra distance races um, do you know of a, of a web resource where they can kind of check it out and see what they're going to be getting themselves into absolutely fabulous resource for information is a listserv email group called uh, well it's called the ultra list so if they were to google just simply the ultra list uh, they would get a link to this and, and you could you subscribe to it and boy I bet I get 50 messages a day on this email list and the people just talking about well like any other email list and you know, tons of nonsense but but there's lots of good advice in there too and and they're very generous with uh, newbies so if you ask training questions uh, people will always respond okay so it's like a built-in little community ready to go if anybody is interested in learning more or, or uh, finding out if this is something they'd, they'd like to get into you said google it's called the Ultra List, and yeah. uh, they'll find a link and be able to find a place to start. Mm-hmm. I would only recommend that maybe you get another email account <laughs> to have all these emails sent to, because there are just so many of them. It'll flood your inbox otherwise. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's really great advice. And um, when is uh, when's your next race? Well, I think uh, my next uh, race, although I don't know if I'll race it, race it will be uh, the Spokane River Run in Spokane, Washington. Um, one of the things about ultras is, is I don't race every ultra I go to. Sometimes I just go and, and, and run the race. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, it'll be the Ice Age 50-miler in uh, Wisconsin. All right. Mother's Day weekend. Oh, well, that's coming up. I'm going to see my mom. That's the whole point. I'm going back to the Midwest to see my mom for Mother's Day. Oh, well, there you go. And just kind of get in a quick little ultra. <laughs> Pull that out of your hat and uh, be able to spend the rest of the weekend with family. All right. Well, Tim, I really appreciate your time, and I, I hope to have you back on the show uh, one of these days if you're interested in that. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of email with questions for you, and um, I'll, be, I'll be happy to forward those along to you if you like. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I really appreciate it again, and, uh, and thanks a lot for your time. Well, thank you, Tracy. And by the way, I, I listened to your podcast today. It's great. It's a really nice show. 
glad oh. you guys are out there. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care. Hey, well, that's great an interview. You're, you're uh, becoming a, a good little journalist these days. Well, I've learned from the best. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> okay, well now it's time. We, we've, we've tried um, uh, Tri Boomers right here, right now, and uh, we've had some technical difficulties on our side, not on his side. So we decided to just do it live so we can, um, we can do away with all this stuff. So um, now is yeah. the time for a little bit of news from the world of triathlon. And I'm going to have to set up a conference call here, so just, uh, I don't know, can you do a tap dance while I get this done? Or <laughs> yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna see about uh, trying to do it this way from now on. Just calling and checking in with him because the he would record his stuff normally and then send it to us. But we were just always having trouble with the audio. So hopefully this will work out a little bit better. Ta-da! How's that? That is very good. <laughs> Yay! Look at that timing. Hello. Hey, Tribe What's happening? Welcome. Hey, what's going on, guys? There's lots happening in the tri world. Why don't you uh, fill us in on what's what's going on? Well, um, have you guys been noticing the uh, the expansion of Ironman seventy point three races across the world? Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, New Orleans, right? Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, that's right. The, they're going that race will be held in two thousand and nine, but it's already on the calendar. But the the latest and, for what I understand, is the last to be announced for two thousand and eight is. Longhorn, Ironman 70.3 in Austin, Texas. Hey. You're, you're neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Oh That's right. God. Now, I did that race. I did that race last year. Now, last year was the first time for the race, but that was before it was branded an Ironman. So uh, anybody who's going to do that race, uh, my word of advice is to bring your hill game. <laughs> I thought Texas was flat. Uh, you know, Texas is so dang big, it's got a little bit of everything there, Kahuna. But uh, around Austin, it's known as the Hill Country, and it's uh, it's kind of uh, Wisconsin-esque in the way that the, the, the hills are uh, uh, doled out down there. Yeah. Well, I think that... And then... Um, wait, tri- uh, Tri-Boomer, I think that uh, we've got to get on the calendar, uh, New Orleans. Can you imagine that with the... Uh, Try blogger showing up at New Orleans. It, we might not make it to the starting line. Uh, yeah, no, I've been. Now I've been down to Bourbon Street, and uh, there's a high possibility of that. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I've spent some time. Um, what else is going on? Uh, well, see, and that uh, that uh, Longhorn Triathlon, by the way, is on October the fifth. Um, Lance Armstrong, you know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's running the Boston Marathon. He's running the Boston Marathon, and guess what? So am I. You are. I I am. I uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I you know I I got in not because I qualified. uh, I I don't have that kind of running game yet, uh, but I got in because I'm raising money for charity. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be running, and um, and so is uh, Mike Huckabee. Remember him, Uh, politician Mike Huckabee. Yeah, trip him for me. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, and let's see um, about the Olympics. You know, the Olympics uh, are coming up on Oct- excuse me, August the eighth, and uh, and triathlon is going to be uh, in the Olympics again. This will be the third time. And the United States is putting together its team. So far, they've picked two of the six people that'll be on that team. Uh, one man and one woman have already been selected, and that is um, those are Laura Bennett and Jared Schumacher. The um, the next two slots are going to be held 
or will be determined in a race coming uh, on October the 19th in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which will uh, be determined by the first U.S. finishers, one male and the first female. And then the last two slots will be uh, selected in the High V World Cup Championship in Boise, Idaho on June the 22nd. Wow. Wow. You know, what's crazy about this Olympics is that, uh, one, the air pollution is just supposed to be incredible. There, there, I know there are some uh, triathletes and others that aren't, just aren't going to compete because they're afraid of permanent damage of their lungs, and others are going to wear um, uh. face masks the whole time, you know, be, be, maybe besides yep. when they're, they're competing. It's just going to be crazy. So it'll be an interesting Olympics to watch. Yes, indeed. Oh the, uh, the highest profile that, uh, in, in the endurance sports world that is decided not to, and I don't remember his name, but he's the number one ranked uh, marathoner has uh, announced that he is not going to uh, be in the Olympics because of the pollution. And then, of course, there's the uh, all the political unrest that's going on. I don't know if you've been following the uh, you know the, the the torch as it's been going through, just causing a fracas wherever it goes. Yeah, as they try to uh, douse it out. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it, it might be a crazy and Olympics. Who knows? Who very well knows? Now, just so you know, if you, if you want to watch the Olympics or want to know when it's going to be, um, the ladies will run on August the 18th, and the men will run on August the 19th. And um, and the favorites, the favorites countries that have uh, that, whose athletes are putting up the best times in the in the World Cup series uh, are from. Where, where do you think they come from? Where do you guys think that the that the the best, <laughs> or should, should I say, the fastest uh, um, uh, Olympic distance athletes? What c- countries do oh, you th- come to mind? I'd say uh, yep. Australia or Germany. Yeah. Okay, the, Germany. Uh, yeah, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, my friends down there. Yeah, they've got the most. Yeah, they've got the most uh, up there. Great Britain is coming up, and uh, the United States, uh, if you kind of look on the rankings, comes in about somewhere between seventh and tenth uh, in there. But you know what? Anything can happen on race day, right? That's right. There you go. Okay, and uh, interesting. Also, there is a uh, for the first time they're having the swimming marathon. That is an open water 10k swimming event for the very first time in the Olympics. Oh, you think about that? Wow. If I would have known about it, I could have yeah. trained for that one. 10K well, wh- swimming? You still can. <laughs> 10K swim, yeah. <laughs> 10K, 10K swim. So that'll be a first. And then um, and then the last thing I wanted to uh, talk about was uh, what I call the cool blog of the report, uh, which you, what you all want to do is check out uh, Team Live Stronger. That's Team Live Stronger, and their blog is at Try the world dot blogspot dot com. Now uh, check these two cats out here. Um, Team Live Stronger is made up of two athletes, a fellow named Brian Doan and a woman named Heather Thompson of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and they are going to race in. They get this sixteen Ironman seventy point three events in eight months. They're going to cover eleven oh. countries and four continents. That's right. 16 and 8 months. They just did their first, which was Ironman California, which was run just uh, a week or so ago. Uh, Ironman 70.3 California. And uh, they're going to cover the 11 countries and the in four continents. And they're racing it to um, raise money for two uh, charities. One, uh, trying to find a cure for testicular cancer. And the other, for treatment and support for patients that suffer from traumatic acquired brain injuries. So mm-hmm. my hat's off to them. I, I've got a soft spot wow. for people who you know race for charity. So, 
And uh, and the links to these stories, guys, I'll put up on my uh, on my blog site. And if anybody has um, triathlon or multi-sport news they want to uh, bring to my attention, uh, just email me, and I can be reached at triboomer at hotmail dot com. And my and my address is triboomer dot com. All right, triboomer. Listen, hey, A plus on the report. Appreciate it. Like you Thank live. You Thank you. Like you live. So we'll talk to you in a, in a week or so. All right, guys. Okay, see ya. Okay, so next up, we um, – who do we have next up, Iron Will? This is a jam-packed show, i got to tell you. I know, I know. We are going – we just finished the, the Drymax Challenge, and uh, everybody submitted their, their entries. We had a couple – very cool videos and some awesome write-ups and stuff. And so we have we have our main winner that is Jeff Wrigley. So we're going to talk to him and uh, Steven Speedo. What he just was unbelievably creative with his uh, challenge. So we'll let him tell you tell the world about that for those who who didn't uh, see it. But um, Drymax was very. His last name is Speedo. Uh, no, Steve in Espido, the oh. world knows him by, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's Steve Stenzel. And uh, Drymax and everybody thought that his video was just so funny that he, he was very deserving of um, a second prize award that we were not originally planning to give. But anyway, we are going to have Gus Blythe from Drymax Sports on here in a second, and then we're going to call the other guys. And i got to say one thing. So. We did this contest, and I thought, all right, Drymax, their socks. I mean, how... You know, how great can socks be? And um, you, first of all, I adore my socks. Um, need to get some, <laughs> need to get some more uh, <clears throat> Drymax people. But um, if, if, if you look, if you look at the videos, these, these guys are like dunking their feet into, into buckets of water, dunking their shoes in the buckets of water, running, you know, a 10, 10 K race running at, you know, I think one person did a 50 mile race a snowshoe race and their feet all come out mm-hmm. basically dry um no blisters uh it's 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 kind of miraculous yeah and for steve uh especially cuz he's like infamous for posting pictures of these uh, horrendously bad blisters so i don't know he's i don't know if he's going to have any more material for his blog now that uh, he's not going to have any more blisters <laughs> yeah i always like the so glory- let's ask him about that well, let's call right, so, let's call Gus, and then um, after we talk to Gus for a little bit, let's uh, we'll get on our contest uh, winners. Okay. Good connection. Hello. Hey. Hello. Yes. Uh, you good evening. Good. We uh, we have a very special request of you tonight. Um, first, let me introduce you to my podcast partner in crime. Here, this is Kahuna. Kahuna, this is Gus. I think this is the first time you guys are talking. Hey, Gus. Hi. What's happening? <laughs> Just uh, working on a Sunday, just like you guys. <laughs> well, Keeping my... people's feet dry is a full-time job. <laughs> no Definitely. Well, we have um, a very uh, a few guys here that have been anxiously waiting to talk to you. So the first one that we're going to call is uh, we're going to get him on the line. It's Jeff Wrigley. He's our first place winner. He's the guy who had the very cool song in uh, in his video and splashed through some mud puddles and then did the the test um, on the cement there where you could step where he stepped and you could see the actual wetness of the Drymax sock and the other sock. Yes. So we'll get him on there. Hey first. Jeff. It's, it's, hey Kahuna. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're on the line hey. with uh, Gus from from Drymax and Iron Will, and we have an announcement for you. I think uh, Gus is going to take it over from here. Okay. Jeff, you took the challenge on, and you did amazing. Thank you. You win. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Pretty awesome. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. We, well, you also have a uh, future in filmmaking, so uh, keep at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in the right town. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a really good yeah, video, Jeff. And, and uh, first of all, you got to work on your acceptance. It's like a radio show. you got to go, oh, my God, I'm a winner. <laughs> but t- tell us about they the like making. They really like me. Yeah, tell us about the making of the, the video real quick. What, did, were you surprised at the results? Did you think it was really going to work? What what uh, what were your thoughts while you were well, making it? Well, it's... It, it was, you know, kind of hard to tell because you don't know uh, what else is going to be out there. And when I saw, uh, especially what Steve put together and his little toilet stunt, I was a little bit worried. <laughs> but um, putting it together, basically, you know, we had the the two weeks notice to to put everything together. So I felt like that gave me one weekend to film and the rest of the time to edit. And uh, I just filmed as much of the. The stuff I could do over the weekend, different running, getting my feet as wet as I could, you know, knowing that uh, there's no possibility of rain here in Southern California. So I had to improvise <laughs> and, uh, and edit it all together, and that's what we got. That's good. And, and where, do you, where do you live, Jeff? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Steve got some points off because he didn't wash his hands after going in the toilet for, uh, for uh, his socks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jeff, were you surprised when uh, when you dunked your feet in the buckets of water and then ran through the mud puddles? Were you surprised at how how dry everything was? Because I know when I first had them on and I went for a run that started to rain, I was just kind of like, oh man, my feet are going to be so drenched like they always were. And then I went to go run and I uh, took the socks off after that and it, I was in complete disbelief. Did you kind of have the same thing happen? Oh yeah, the the guy who was with me for that, the the first thing I did was try them out on a an organized 5K. And I had just taken him out of the package right before the race. And the guy I was with, he couldn't believe what I was about to do. And he's the one who shot the video during the race. And, you know, we're, we're pretty competitive. And he was just thrilled that I was about to soak my feet right before the race. Um, <laughs> because he figured that would give him an edge. But luckily, I still beat him. And, uh, yeah, I was really surprised. I just thought, like, this is – well, first of all, I thought, if this doesn't work, it's not going to be any good for the video. If my feet are soaked, then you know I don't know what I'm going to do. But luckily, it didn't uh, hinder my run, and my feet were totally dry, and I was uh, really, really stoked. And tell the listeners your time for the 5K. I forget exactly. It was just over 21 minutes. That's not bad. Oh, 21.09, I think. And, and, and I just actually I did another one today using the Drymax socks, but I didn't dunk my feet before the race. Did you go faster oh. or slower? I went a little bit faster, but of course, it's been a few weeks, too, right, so right. I'm a little bit more fit. Oh, there you go. Well, Gus, um, let's uh, let's tell him a little bit more about his award. He's got a year supply of socks coming. Um, I, I don't know that anybody's exactly sure how much that is. Does he um, kind of just tell you when he runs out, or does he get a big box, or how are we doing this? We'll start you off with a gigantic box, and, and uh, Jeff, what I'm going to do this week is send you our latest uh, product book, um, and uh, we want you to uh, you, you can take a peek through it, and we'll let you just pick out anything or all that you want, and we've also got... We're introducing some new socks in June, hiking, light, uh, light hiking, uh, work boots, men's dress, and uh, diabetic, and a few others. So you'll be able to pick from those, too. And those, some of those come in more than one color. So uh, we're going to load you up with some of this new stuff as well, as, as well as our golf and tennis running. We have some uh, maximum protection running socks that have uh, profiling fibers in them where we've been putting runners out on 50, 100, 150, 180-mile runs, and they're coming back in with zero blisters. 
Uh, Jamie Donaldson wow. just won the Umstead 100-mile race this last weekend, and it was raining the entire time, and, and she had zero blisters after the race. And she was the first-place woman, second overall, and Lisa Bliss, who was second-place woman overall. Same thing with Drymax. You know, through a race that was where 100 miles where it was raining really the entire time, no blisters. So uh, we're going to get you some of those special socks, and we've got winter running, and you've got, tra- you know, trail. We're, g- we're going to get you a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, needless to say, a year's worth is going to be more than what your sock drawer is going to be able to handle. Awesome. We'll even get you a few oh, for, you know, for, I'll get you some extra for friends, too. We'll work out a good deal so I can have <laughs> oh, no complaints wow. from you. <laughs> Great. Well, let's get uh, let's get Steve on the line, and uh, we can also uh, he, he can hear all of this too. And then because he's getting the six month supply, which is very generous of Drymax. He, how can you not recognize somebody who who runs in toilet soaked socks? <laughs> I think I, I think <laughs> I think that is a challenge that Hello? everybody has to. Hey, uh, hey, Steve, it's the it's the Iron Kahuna calling on your uh, Drymax challenge uh, entry. Hello. I'm good. I'm here with uh, actually <laughs> Iron Will, Gus from Dry Max Ox, and Jeff Wrigley, Jeff who Wrigley. was our, our, unfortunately he was our, well, fortunately for him, but he was our first place finisher, but you're, <laughs> you're our runner-up, and we, you were so taken with your video, want to make sure you got some sort of uh, prize, so we talked Dry Max into to uh, give you a, a second place prize, so I'll let you talk to Gus right now. That was that was super. Steve, congratulations! Uh, it was a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of uh, <laughs> interesting comments from your video, and uh, uh, I, I think we'll, it's definitely unforgettable. And and uh, we're happy to award you a half a year's worth of socks, but I'm sure that you'll be able to stretch them into longer than that. We, we we're certainly going to take care of Jeff, and and uh, uh, we'll take care of you as well. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for the happy video. I'll, I'll work them good. They're only the right side of the foot. <laughs> I, was, I was afraid of that. Like, maybe the happier supply would be the year supply, but just the left side. No, there you go. exactly right. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Steve, how did you come up with the uh, toilet stunt, and, and why didn't you wash your hands afterwards? Um, okay, I came up with the stunt. I, I, I honestly don't know how. I mean, you'd have to ask my wife. She just thinks I'm crazy. Okay. And, um... I didn't wash my hands afterwards because I'm a I'm a boy and that's what boys do. Uh. It's kind of nasty. <laughs> if you guys don't read Steve's blog, you have to check it out. He is he's infamous for all things that are gross and disgusting, and uh, especially if he can take an up close picture of them. So it might be a, a good thing that we don't know exactly why he. <laughs> The method to his madness. All right. Well, listen, we'll let you, Jeff, we'll let you go and we'll let uh, Steve go, but we just want to congratulate you and your your socks are in the mail. All right. Great. Well, thanks for the, thanks for running the contest. Thanks, you guys, for participating. Gus, you still there? Yeah. We are so grateful for all of your help with this. Everybody is just chattering all about how much they love these socks and everything. So I wanted to let you and Kahuna have a chance to talk because I feel like I know you pretty well and we've had lots of conversations, but I don't know if Kahuna had any questions for you or, or anything like that. You know, I didn't really have any. I just, I just, um, I, I was telling uh, Iron Will before we got on here how impressed I. I never thought I'd be impressed with socks, but uh, I am. <laughs> and uh, for someone who started off running marathons in cotton socks and tons of blisters, then went over to the uh, what a Cool Max, and you know, but now I can't wear my Cool Max socks. So I'm a little bit mad at you, Gus, because uh, now it's. Uh, <laughs> Did you tell me our new tagline that we came up? Once you go to Dry Max, you can't go back. You never go back. Yeah. <laughs> It's very hard. So well, you'll be happy to know we've actually uh, just finished doing our research and development on now we're just going to do a little bit of wear testing. And if you two all want to wear test them, our version four socks, which are 
they're just they're completely dry on the inside. They're going to last longer. We've, we're taking the fibers on the inside and making them smaller, finer. So we're going to double, they're going to be half the size. We'll double the amount in there so they're even going to be softer. And our, our knitting just, it makes it, the socks look better. They feel better. They last longer. They're drier. Um, and we're going to be having a, a different antimicrobial that's not only going to kill the bacteria, which causes odors, but also will kill fungus. So uh, gen- yeah. the next generation, which will start out with these socks that we're introducing in June, um, all the rest of them will uh, convert to that before the end of the year. So I-, I guess I have a question. Stuff coming up. Why was socks being so important to almost any sport? Why wasn't this? Why wasn't the time and energy put into socks before before now? Well, the, all our competitors, I don't know of one of them who makes their own technology. Okay. Now maybe they do. But I don't know a single one. They all buy somebody else's, say, polyester or acrylic. They, they attach their name to it, or they would use a name like Coolmax. And, and those are all good products. Right. Um, this just ends up being drier, and we then try to knit it in, in, in a different way to make it even, you know, the construction help it to be drier as well, having an inside and an outside. Most of our competitor socks are all the same material on the inside and the outside. So, uh, you know, you're, when you're beholden to other people, you, you're limited by that. So I think the other manufacturers, you know, they come up, they've come up with some fancy names and different marketing things and whatnot, but it, you're, they're really all selling close to the same thing. It's wicking fibers that, you know, grab onto moisture and it spreads it out, but it spreads it across the skin as well as away from the skin where Drymax moves it away from the skin to the outside layer, and that's one of the reasons why it stays drier. That's that's awesome. I, I was just going to say, um, and I think your socks are some of the only socks that the ultra runners have kind of proven that you know out there in the field. You know, Tim England has performed well in them, and as you mentioned, the two ladies that just won um, said in just incredible times with you know fifty miles, hundred miles, and to not have any blisters after running that far. I think you know anybody who's going to run. A half marathon or, or even a marathon can can pretty much count on being safe uh, when when we have endurance athletes like these who've, who've tested them out. Well, and the other good, interesting thing is just this last week we uncovered a study that was done a little a couple of years ago with the Marine Corps, and they found out if you ended up with blisters, over half the uh, recruits ended up with secondary injuries related to those blisters in that they would start to favor one foot, then they would get an overuse injury on the other side or, or on oh. the same you know, the same side. If were on the left foot, they'd get them on the right foot. If they got them on their heels, then the forefoot started in their hurt because they would run on the forefoot. It made them change their gait cycle, alter their gait cycle, which then caused you know, other problems in half the recruits. So if you think about this. If you're starting to run you know, a, a race and you start getting blisters that not only not kills your time, but you can also, you know, face injury. It ruins your race. And people spend thousands of dollars to, you know, do all your training and traveling and say going up to Boston this next week. So just think if it starts raining, most of those uh, runners are going to have blisters because you, your body just can't take that change of environment where you're sitting in moisture for so long, you know, if right. When you run marathons or longer, you you know you perspire so much that uh, you sit in your perspiration, and and that weakens the skin, and then you get your blisters. Well, Drymax, if you can stay dry, you don't get blisters from dry socks typically. You know, right. it's from wet socks. I guess I I had a question for you. These are kind of new socks in stores, and they're not everywhere yet. If there's anybody listening who kind of wants their running shop 
to have them, or is there any way to buy them direct from Drymax, or um, maybe is there an 800 number that people can give to their running shops so that they can call you guys and get some in stock? Well, they can certainly send everybody to Drymax Sports, D-R-Y-M-A-X-S-P-O-R-T-S.com, and there's a place for the retailers to contact us, and there's also a place for consumers to contact us. And then in the upper right-hand corner, there's a where to buy, so they can find our okay. um, retailers that are, and we're signing retailers up virtually every day. And, and we just mailed out our new brochure and samples out pretty much to every running shop and about 800 running shops here in the United States. So I don't think it'll be long, but uh, certainly speak up okay. and we'll, we'll we'll get their running shop samples. All right, hey Gus, right. thanks for joining us and thanks for uh, having the contest. It was a lot of fun. I I, I love the videos and uh, I like getting the word out about Drymax. It's terrific. Thank you and and. Uh, Stick with us. We've got some more stuff for you to wear, Tess. Thanks, guys. All right. Those socks are going to take over the world, and it's a big, good company to invest in. Uh, yeah, I think so. They're just uh, – I just don't know of any other thing that you can soak, I mean, literally in a bucket of water and then have it come out dry. Steve, and one thing I thought was really cool about Steve's video is that he completely soaked them in the toilet, and then you know, I think he even soaked them in a bucket again and then right. ran, and he said – that they were they were wet, but then they actually dried out, right. and his feet were they like pulled the water off of his feet and like filtered it out, and then it just disappeared. And the socks actually were dry. I just I mean, when your socks are wet, they're wet, and they just don't get dry. So I'm guessing you can <laughs> actually you just, could you could probably pee in those socks too, and you'd be fine. Yeah, on the so, bike there. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Since you're since you're the the speed peer. I've never uh, speed peed, racer. but. Uh, but uh, maybe I will On the now. bike? Yeah, you have. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You pee in the pool. That's right. That's yeah. right. Only in the pool. I will not Who was it? Ro- was it Robosty? Oh, Robosty is like the king of the pee. The- yeah, he, he has no problem. <laughs> he peed on me while because I was uh, behind him oh. while he's on the bike. Okay, Iron Will, let's, let's uh, continue on with the show and let's get to Coach's Corner. All right, well, I'm here with my coach again, Dan Shelley. Dan, how are you doing this week? I am doing great, Well, How are you? I'm fantastic. We're getting into the season here, and uh, we've been getting a lot of email about what people should be eating you know, before and after workouts. Some people have had some questions about, uh, is it really that important, and what if I'm trying to lose weight? And So I uh, thought we'd pass that along to the expert. Absolutely. Um, if you're really working out hard, I think it's important. Um, and obviously people are going to vary and you're going to feel more comfortable maybe varying on this a little bit. But very generally, you want uh, protein to probably be about 12 to 15% of your diet. It's good to have fat be uh, 25 up to 30% of your diet. That may sound crazy, but it's actually true. And carbohydrates are 55 to 70% of your diet. In addition to those, there's a lot of talk about electrolytes. Those are really important as well, too, to keep muscles functioning properly and to make sure your body is actually absorbing all the food. That said, one of the questions you mentioned is if someone wants to lose weight. Well, losing weight is really a simple equation, and I like to keep all of my nutrition pretty simple with all my athletes and also with myself when I'm racing. And the simple equation is you've got calories in versus calories out. So you're taking in a certain number of calories, and you need to figure out how many calories you're burning when you do your workouts. Obviously, if you're burning more calories than you're eating, then you're going to start losing weight. Um, one way to manage this or to really get a sense of this is to do a food log. And I know you do a great job of that, Will, of watching what you eat, managing that, especially when you're coming into the season, if you want to lose some of those Christmas pounds or whatever else you have getting ready for your upcoming races. So if you do do a log, 
Um, one thing I've found is that people actually get so sick of writing down everything that sometimes they cut back on food just because they don't want to have to write it down. <laughs> um, but that said, if you log everything, it can give you a good sense of what you're doing. You can also get some good numbers probably at various websites. Um, and some of the training tools that we use also give you a sense for how many calories you're using when you're um, exercising. One thing you want to think about is if you want to maintain a good, solid uh, training program and if you want to be competitive in your races is that you can't skimp on what you're eating around those workouts and also around your races. And this is something that I can't stress enough. Prior to exercise, during exercise, and following exercise, I really like to eat well and encourage my athletes to eat well and to eat often. So if, if you're fueled well, if you fueled properly prior to a race, prior to a good workout, you're going to be able to work out harder, you're going to be able to work out longer, and you're really going to get more bang for your buck um, in that workout. Now, when you think about the type of workout you're doing and what you want to eat, primarily around workouts, it's probably best to, to be eating carbohydrates. The body breaks those down most quickly, and that's what the body is using. Um, if you're just doing a short workout, nutrition might not be that important for you, but eating right afterwards to uh, refill your glycogen stores in your muscles is very important. And very generally, when you think about a long workout versus a short workout, the body really has enough glycogen stores or enough energy stored inside its muscles and inside itself to go for an hour and a half, two hours really, without seeing too much performance decline. Once you get beyond that, you really need to think about replenishing those supplies, refueling um, throughout that workout. And as I said, during the workout, you want to focus primarily on carbohydrates. Some fatty, uh, some fats are okay. You won't typically start burning those until you're into a workout, about 20 or 30 minutes into an aerobic workout. Um, and the problem with having too much fat, um, even if it is your favorite candy bar, is that it'll stay stuck in your stomach a little bit longer um, than other things you may eat. And when <clears throat> when you're eating during a workout, you want things to go into your stomach, you want the nutrients to be taken out, and you want things to move on and move through. Um, just to avoid having any stomach issues, discomfort, and ending your workout or ending your race early um, by that stuff. Other things just to think about, I guess I'd say, is just making sure you're keeping up electrolytes. Um, good to do some sodium loading if you're doing endurance events uh, the day before and prior to the race, obviously. That helps with muscle cramps. And um, and obviously making sure you're staying hydrated, too, as it starts to get warmer. So All right. how was that? Any other questions that come to mind or... Um, yeah, that's excellent. The only other thing that comes to mind is uh, I know I hear different numbers of uh, how soon you're supposed to eat right after you work out, and uh, it's been you know anything from within the half an hour to within the hour, and uh, something mm -hmm. to the effect of that's because that's when your muscles are most receptive to uh, whatever you're going to give them to repair whatever damage you've done to them in the workout. And uh, so wh which one is it, or is that true at all? Absolutely. It's totally true, and from the nutritionists that I've talked to have said 15 minutes, actually, is the number to try to deal with. So oh, wow. So it doesn't matter what you're eating, even if you're just taking a handful of pretzels or whatever else. Get that into your body uh, right afterwards. There's studies out there that show that chocolate milk is just as effective as any expensive sports drink you can um, you can buy, but really getting food in into your system right after your workout will definitely help your recovery, help you to, to be stronger and better later in the week and, and even the next day in your next workout. So good point, Will, definitely. Excellent. All right, well, I think we're all set, and uh, people will be all ready to fuel up and, and get some good workouts in. So once again, uh, Dan Shelley, if anybody has any questions, um, where can they email you? They can email me at dan 
underscore Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, at visionquestcoaching.com. All right, talk to you next time then. Thanks again. Sounds great. All right, another great coach's corner from Dan. You're very lucky to have him. He is an awesome guy. He's he. I had a conversation with him the other day when I like made my my new uh, declaration on the season here, and I uh, said, "Okay, I need you to kick my butt a little bit more, and let's let's uh, get this done." So we have a brand new game plan and uh, up in the stakes. So I'm excited to get going. Good, and obviously he can deal with uh, high maintenance clients. <laughs> I am so not high maintenance. You give me a bad let, reputation. <laughs> let me talk to Mr. Wells. Who's, who's see, what the, he, see what he who's, says. Who's the one? Who's the one who gets manicures and pedicures here, uh, brother? The, uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know. uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and exfoliates in the shower and whatnot. Oh oh, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody about that. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I think all we have left right now for this podcast is the. Um, our life lesson. I'm learning that good or bad, habits are pretty powerful things. They're so powerful, in fact, I've recently come to admit that some of mine have involved behaviors I didn't even enjoy, but simply felt compelled to repeat regardless of knowing I'd just feel like crap in the end. From oversleeping to letting people regularly waste my time, my actions and interactions weren't benefiting me at all, and I only felt regret and anger with myself for allowing them to continue. The problem was, however, I didn't know exactly how to make myself stop. I spent a lot of time and energy trying to find the big cause, that subconscious psychological need now manifesting itself as said habits. But you know what? I finally just woke up and realized they were all just simple practice actions, and like all animals, I'd been trained. I did some reading up on habits then and learned they take about two weeks to form, which, when looking at it from another perspective, includes breaking a habit as well. For example, if you want to break your habit of oversleeping in the morning, you just make a new habit of waking up early. After the new habit is established, give it another two weeks to reinforce and cement. From there on out, as long as you don't create any new habits over the top of the one you've just created, you're set. Do you know how simple my life just got as a result of this? By breaking it down into a two-week interval instead of looking at it as this big overwhelming force on my life, change has become much easier to manage. Now I can wake up earlier in order to have more time in the day. I can tell people who interrupt me that I'm busy and invite them to come back later. I can catch up on email on Sunday nights and read a chapter of my book du jour every day. Whatever it is I want to do or undo is entirely doable if I just take it two weeks at a time. And yeah, I can definitely do that. My favorite part of the show never disappoints. Nice job, Iron Will. Thank you. It's very good. I think that's going to do it then. We got a lot done. We talked to... um, We did. We talked to Tim England, and uh, I think this is the most uh, we've ever had on the show at once here. One, two, three, four, five, maybe seven guests, maybe six guests. Did we have no Tim England and then Gus from Drymax and Jeff and Tri Boomer and uh, Steve? Oh wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, we so, pulled it off. Pulled it, was, it off. It was all good. We will uh, be here in probably two weeks' time for uh, show number forty-seven. Yep. Seven. Ooh, we're getting close to uh, to fifty here. The big five zero. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I think I have an idea of what to get you. By the way. What's that? I have a. 
I have a uh, uh, some connections now, so really? it'll have to be a, it'll have to be a surprise. Okay, what a dry mac pair of dry mac socks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, they better be gold uh, gold uh, threaded if, if that's the case. Gold threaded. <laughs> yeah. All right, Iron Will, why don't you uh, say goodbye? Alrighty. Well, until next time, everybody. This is Iron Will signing off. This is the Iron Kahuna saying aloha and mahalo. And it's that time again for the business section of the show. Get Your Geek On is sponsored by BMC Bikes, Cyclops Power, Vision Quest Coaching, Drymax Sports, Hammond Nutrition, 2 Times U, Human Performance Multiplied, SRAM, and Zip Speed Weaponry. For comments, suggestions, or sponsorship inquiries, or to submit a soundbite for the show, visit the sidebar of trygeekdreams.com or through th3wall.com for more information. And look, we need some tri-scholarships to fund some newbie triathletes, so if you want to spread the karma and give a donation of $5, $10, $50, $100, who knows, uh, hit the PayPal buttons on either of our sites and help sponsor a uh, triathlete or a newbie triathlete. We've got a number of triathletes that want to, or would-be triathletes that want to go, but we don't have the money, so if you could please make that donation today, we would appreciate it. And if you'd like a token of the Get Your Geek On show, visit getyourgeekon.spreadshirt.com for authentic logo apparel. Get Your Geek On is a production of Iron Geek New Media. Now stay tuned for some of our biggest winners. I am the Iron Kahuna, podcasting from the Tri-Geek Dream... Ah, Tri-Geek Dream... Ah, Tri-Geek <laughs> Dreams Labs in the OC, the sweltering OC, Orange County, California. To send a fax, press 4 now. To leave a callback wow, number, press 4. You can leave a fax from a phone? Wow. I didn't know that. This is the 21st century, <laughs> that, my dear. Is that new? I had never heard that before. No, it's not new. Oh, oh my God. All right, so let's get old uh, Steve on the line from... Steve. I uh, thought you wanted to call... No, Gus, Gus. right? Oh, I'm sorry. First? Yeah, I'm all f***ed up here. Hang on. <laughs> let's get old Gus on the line. Uh, get all... Get what? Hold on, I'm trying to do two things around. Hang on, don't bug me. <laughs> you have too much bike in. We'll check in with you again. Wow. Did you just hang up on him? I did. Oh, God. I mean, oh, God. <laughs> we said goodbye. <laughs> did he say goodbye? Yes. Are you sure? I'm I positive. No, I'm positive. Okay. You're such a worry <laughs> word. I got this all under control. <laughs> What's on tap for today's Try Life lesson? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> right when I asked the question, I was like, oh, f- <laughs> oh that's good <laughs>